Hello, this is Emma Scott, Calibre's Head of Literature and Audio Book Production, welcoming you to the autumn 2018 edition of the Calibre Echo. In this edition, we tell you about October's National Poetry Day and recommend some poetry titles to you. Plus, we managed to catch up and have a chat with crime author Kate Ellis about her writing. News from Calibre features information about our new email newsletter and download app and how you can help Calibre with our new Spread the Word campaign. We also tell you about an organisation called InfoSound that provides information on topics of interest to blind and partially sighted people in audio format. Finally, if you're one of those people who like to get prepared in advance, then Bob Rollett, one of our volunteer narrators, is here with a description of the cards and other items in our Christmas catalogue this year. To begin with, Denise, our editorial coordinator, is going to tell you all about Calibre's Spread the Word campaign, followed by information on the organisation InfoSound. Help us spread the word. We are thrilled with the great feedback and comments we receive from members like you. Thank you for your kind words and for sharing with us the many different ways Calibre has positively impacted on your life. We want more people to enjoy the benefits that Calibre and audiobooks can bring. So, starting this month, we are running a special campaign called Spread the Word to encourage all our members and supporters to help raise awareness of Calibre and its service. We will be providing plenty of tips and ideas on how you can help. It could be as simple as mentioning us to family and friends talking about Calibre to local groups or activity sessions you attend, or leaving a review on our Facebook page. Every little thing will help make a big difference, as we want to give more people the freedom to read and experience the pleasure and company that listening to an audiobook can bring. Give us a call to discuss tips and ideas on how you can help And thank you for your ongoing support. While we are on the subject of raising awareness, we thought we would let you know about an organisation that may be of interest to you. InfoSound provides original information on a very broad range of subjects, such as daily living products, leisure and holidays, social opportunities, hobbies and sport, mobility and travel, housing, employment and training, money, consumer issues and benefits, support services, news stories and events. They also broadcast vision-impaired people's hints, tips, items of information, comments and appeals for items to buy and for sale, as well as talking about subjects that are relevant to the whole of Great Britain They also feature regional and local services, events and information. InfoSound is broadcast around the clock, so you can listen whenever it suits you. But the most recent audio items they've produced can also be browsed individually on demand, so you choose what you want to hear. Both services can be browsed and heard using any standard landline phone, on a computer, a laptop, a tablet, a smart mobile phone 
and even on Amazon voice control devices. And Infosound can also be heard on some specialist audio players. Because the information Infosound produces is being updated every couple of days or so, maybe daily, posting out a monthly CD or USB memory stick is not an option for them. But Infosound wants to make sure they can be heard by vision-impaired people of all ages and technical awareness. So, for example, everything they produce can be heard on any standard landline phone, with the telephone's keypad being used just like an audio player's controls to navigate, select, listen and even control the playback of the sound. Both their constantly rolling broadcast and the associated InfoSound Select on-demand service can be heard in this way. InfoSound has produced a free, non-returnable CD that gives examples of what the service sounds like and explains about the different ways to listen. And if you'd like a copy, you can phone InfoSound on 03000 111-555, that's 03000-111-555, or they can be emailed at info at infosound.org.uk. And if you have internet access, you can find out more. And of course, take a listen at www.infosound.org.uk Next, James, our Events and Communications Officer, is going to tell you about our new email newsletter and how you can sign up to it. There's always a lot happening here at Calibre Audio Library and in the book world generally, whether it's new books being added or hidden gems being rediscovered, awards, festivals and film adaptations. It can often be hard to get the message out to our members. So recently we started a monthly newsletter that allows us to send an email out to anyone who is interested in any of the topics I just mentioned. We also record an audio version of it each month, so it can be listened to online through our website as well. Each month we cover new books added to the library, but we also focus on other areas. So far we've covered the Golden Man Booker Award, the Women's Prize for Fiction, plus we have added author interviews, profiles and book reviews, with more still to come. The email normally goes out around the 22nd of each month and an audio version is uploaded to our website so you can listen to the articles as well. If you'd be interested in receiving this email, you can sign up on our website. A link to the sign-up page can be found near the top of the Calibre homepage. Or you can use this link, bit.ly forward slash cal-news, that's C-A-L dash N-E-W-S, which will take you to the sign-up page. Following on from James, here is my interview with crime author Kate Ellis. 
Kate Ellis is a popular author of two crime series, one featuring Detective Sergeant Wesley Peterson and the other Detective Inspector Joe Plantagenet. She's also written two historical crime novels. Kate worked in teaching, marketing and accountancy before entering and winning a playwrights competition, which spurred her on to a career in writing. Kate is also a member of the Crime Writers Association and has been shortlisted for the CWA Dagger in the Library. We managed to catch up with Kate as she took a break from her busy writing schedule to speak to us. Welcome, Kate. On reading about your background, I can see you had a varied career before becoming an author, including working in marketing and accountancy. Was there a catalyst that influenced you changing direction to begin writing as a profession? Uh, I think I've always uh, loved writing. Uh, you know, when I was at school, I used to try and write novels and uh, all that. And even when I was at work in the accounts office, I used to sneak off and write <laughs> little bits. <laughs> so I think I've always had writing in my blood, as it were. My, my father was an aspiring writer. Um, oh, but, so it was in the family, was it, as well? Oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I've never really, I, I feel that I've never really changed direction because that's what I've always wanted to do. Was crime fiction the obvious choice for you then or did you consider any other genre when you started out? I studied drama uh, at university and uh, the first thing I ever had any success with was a play. I, uh, my youngest son was at um, nursery and I saw this advert in the Manchester Evening News for the Northwest Playwrights Competition, Plays Wanted. So at the time, and I thought, oh, this is a great opportunity, as I know how our plays constructed and all that. And at the time, my mum was clearing out a house uh, of her cousin who sadly passed away, and all sorts of things happened. Uh, relatives crawled out of the woodwork, another cousin's... Um, boyfriend turned up who was a builder and started to strip all the valuables out of the place and I thought it'd be a great subject for a for a play <laughs> so I wrote this play and it was called Clearing Out and it actually won the competition and it was performed at uh, the uh, Contact Theatre in Manchester and uh, Theatre in Chester with professional uh, director and, and uh, actors so that was my first success but really deep down I've always loved crime novels. My, I always say at library talks, my mum led me into a life of crime because she was a great crime <laughs> fan. And she always had a crime novel on the go. So, and she'd always push them into my hot little hands as soon as she'd finished with them. And also before that, I, I loved, um, when I was growing up, I loved Enid Blyton's uh, mystery stories. Oh, yes. yeah, so I think I've always loved crime and mystery, so inevitably that's what I'd end up uh, writing. Well, your first books introduced Detective Inspector Wesley Peterson, and there's now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's now an impressive 21 titles yes, published that's in this right. series. <laughs> um, they're essentially crime novels. These stories also have an archaeology theme running through them, as Peterson is an archaeology graduate himself, and his university friend, uh, Dr Neil Watson, works in the County Archaeological Unit. Um, yeah. He appears frequently as, as some of the discoveries link into the investigations. Was it easy to combine these two areas into a plot? Uh, yes. Well, the, the reason that I started writing uh, that sort of book is it, purely indecision. I've <laughs> always loved history. And uh, uh, the first book I ever wrote, actually, was uh, set in Tudor, Liverpool, where I grew, <laughs> grew up. Not in Tudor times, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, 
I'm not that old. No. <laughs> but, uh, and, uh, but it, I sent it off to uh, publishers and agents, and they liked it, but it was the time of Brother Cadfile. And they said the market was flooded with uh, clerical detectives, you know, monastic detectives. And uh, they couldn't publish it at that time. Since then, it's, I published it myself as an e-book, but uh, that was the first thing I ever wrote. But having, uh, you know, listening to publishers' advice, and also I wanted to write about the contemporary society as well. Mm. I wanted to write a contemporary crime novel. So I thought, I, I came upon this plot, which, I, which worked just as well in any period of history uh, as it does today. So I thought, why not introduce the historical plot as a diary of somebody who'd lived in the 17th century? Oh, and okay. we could have the uh, two plots running parallel, and parallels between uh, history and the present day. And I've, I've found I've done that in m most of my uh, most of my Wesley novels, and I think it works really well. And I, to be honest, there's so many parallels between history and the present day. I don't really find it that difficult, and people really enjoy that aspect of the book. Yes, I have to say I've, I've read uh, read one recently, and it was it was really I, I was gripped by it, and it was fantastic. The, the two interlinking um, plots just were, were excellently conveyed and, and kept you reading. So, oh, yes, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Um, and also, actually, going on from that, the investigative procedure in the novels is very thorough. And I was just wondering how much time it took to research this, and how you go about obtaining the information. Uh, well, I, I, I go to the Crime Rights Association conference every year. And uh, they have uh, wonderful talks by uh, police inspectors who take you through real-life cases and the investigative procedure. There's uh, uh, forensic pathologists, um, scenes of crime people. So you, you are brought up to date with all that. There's also the internet, of course. That's, that's very good for research right, these yeah. days. And I also have a wonderful book. Um, called, which I refer to often, called the Crime Writer's Handbook. 60 ways to kill your victim <laughs> in little letters underneath in print. <laughs> so, yes. I, I do try and get it right. And that's, is that something you, you go back to, refer to quite a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> All sorts of murder methods, <laughs> the detectability, all sorts of poisons. <laughs> Talking about location um, and just focusing on that for a, a moment, the Wesley Peterson books are all set in South Devon, which I gather you're very familiar with having spent holidays there. Mm. Um, how important for you is it to write about somewhere that you know? Uh, I think it's important to write about somewhere you love and... Uh, I've got to know, ooh, I think we've been going about 33 years now to, to South Devon. We've got to know people there and know the, you know, the ins and outs of uh, how things work down there. And I think it's certainly easier to write about somewhere you know well. I also like to change things a little bit, uh, like I call Dartmouth Tradmouth, <laughs> because I give um, Dartmouth a police headquarters uh, when it's just got a tiny little police station that's only open for a few hours a day. <laughs> and uh, I go to General Hospital where, uh, where Dr. Colin Bowman can do his post-mortems, uh, whereas Dartmouth has only got a little cottage hospital. So, and I change things around for the plot, which if I use the proper name, I think people would get very annoyed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's, but that's your creative uh, license as an author anyway, isn't it? You're, oh, you can do yes. Yeah, so yeah, I always yeah. say it's, if it's good enough for Thomas Hardy, it's yeah. good enough for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> very true. Now, we're very lucky. We've got several of your titles available in the Calibre Library for our members to listen to. But I actually wondered if you have ever heard your book read aloud on audio at all. Uh, yes, I have. Um, the the Wesley books are read by a wonderful actor called Gordon Griffin, and he makes a, a fantastic job yeah. of it. Yes, I, I'm quite impressed. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually, um, I was lucky enough to see him speak, and he's a very, very good narrator. Absolutely fantastic. He has you in the palm of his hand. Now, carrying on, um, in 2008, you introduced a new series featuring Detective Inspector Joe Plantagenet. Oh, yeah. um, Which this time combines the supernatural with criminal elements. Is the supernatural an area of interest for you, and does it allow you more scope creatively? Um, Yes, I've always liked to ghost stories, uh, M.R. James and things like that, you know, subtle ghost stories. So it's great fun bringing in the supernatural <laughs> element. It just does allow you to be quite creative in that way, although you've got to keep it believable. But, did you, did uh, you do any research for that? Did you go any ghost walks or do any... Yeah, well, the, the, idea, the idea came to me, actually, from uh, my son went to York University. He studied archaeology there. And one day, we were on a dig, actually, in York, uh, doing some archaeology, and uh, we were free in the evening, and uh, we decided to go on a ghost walk. (laughs) And I've used some of the stories the guide told us in uh, the Joe Plantagenet series. Oh, great. Oh, did actually inspire some of your works then. Oh, yes. Brilliant. (laughs) Just to get an idea of your literary heroes, if you were hosting a literary dinner, which writers from past or present would you invite? From the present, I, oh, I think uh, Peter Lovesey is a, is a lovely man and yeah. a very great company. Yeah. Um, friend Andrew Taylor, who's a fellow member of the uh, Detection Club. Anne Cleves, my friend, a member of the Detection Club as well. From the past, there's, you know, if I can invite anybody, uh, the late Reginald Hill, who mm-hmm. sadly passed away a few years ago, I think, I think absolutely brilliant writer with his D.L. and Pasco books. The uh, Golden Age of Crime Fiction, I couldn't leave out Agatha Christie, uh, Dorothy L. Sayers, and uh, my particular heroine, Josephine Tay. Mm-hmm. And of course, from long past history, uh, Charles Dickens would make great company, yeah. and uh, couldn't leave out Jane Austen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big table you'd need for that. <laughs> it is, yes, a big table. <laughs> but I'd like an invite myself. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Um, There seems to be an ever-increasing demand for authors to take part in a range of promotional activities from literature festivals to book signings and and library talks. Looking at your website, I can see you take part in many events, both locally and across the country. Yes, it's a part of the job these days. Yeah, yeah, but you give the impression that you really enjoy those occasions. So is there anything in particular that you like about attending them? I do. I I love uh, getting out and uh, especially meeting readers. I I really enjoy that. The only downside is, you know, you can spend so much time on these things, you don't get much time yeah. to write. And that can be frustrating. So it is, uh, you know, balanced, really. And if it's not giving anything away, is there anything you'd like to write about that you haven't yet at all? Well, in the future, I think, I'd, you know, after I've finished the trilogy, I think I'd like to do some standalone uh, mm. crime novels. And as for ideas... Um, I've got notebooks absolutely crammed full of them. And maybe I'll get round to using more <laughs> someday. <laughs> and you, well, you mentioned sort of having a, a first great success with a play. Would you go back to doing a play at all at some point? Or? Um, possibly not. No. I think, I think I've, uh, no, I'm so involved in yeah. writing books now. That, uh, yeah, yes, pro- probably not. 
Well, Kate, thank you so much for joining us and giving our members such a fascinating insight into the world of a crime also. It's, it's been oh, really it's been great pleasure. talking to you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Emma. This is an edited version of our interview with Kate Ellis. If you would like to listen to the full conversation, then please visit our website at www.caliber.org.uk. Author interviews appear under the link for choosing books in the heading titled Caliber Services. If you would like to give Kate Ellis's books a try, then we have several in the library for you to listen to. From the Wesley Peterson Detective series, The Merchant's House, catalogue number, 5559 The Armada Boy catalogue number 12230 An Unhallowed Grave catalogue number 5646 The Funeral Boat catalogue number 5734 The Bone Garden catalogue number 5784 The Skeleton Room Catalogue number 7983. A Cursed Inheritance. Catalogue number 12319. The Marriage Hearse. Catalogue number 7515. The Shining Skull. Catalogue number 12045. The Blood Pit. Catalogue number 12095. A Perfect Death, catalogue number 12171. The Flesh Tailor, catalogue number 12179. The Jackal Man, catalogue number 12288. The Cadaver Game, catalogue number 10729. The Shadow Collector, catalogue number 12577 The Shroud Maker Catalogue number 12759 From the Joe Plantagenet Detective Series Seeking the Dead 12046 Playing with Bones Catalogue number 12363 Kissing the Demons Catalogue number 12480 And finally, Watching the Ghosts, catalogue number 10725. In the next article, James returns to give some more information on Calibre's download app and the benefits of the service. Previously in the Echo, we have mentioned our new, innovative development of an app which has been designed specifically for those with visual impairments. The app allows you to download books from Calibre's library onto a portable device such as a smartphone or tablet. However, you may be unsure about the benefits of this service, so we thought we would give you some reasons why downloading your books may be an option to suit your needs. The download service is free to members and enables access to thousands of book choices from our extensive library catalogue. All that is required is for you to contact us for your unique login details and download the app on up to two devices. 
Once logged in, you can browse by title, author, narrator, or category using a series of flick and swipe gestures on the screen, which will navigate you through the catalogue by talking you through your selections. You can download up to four books at a time to satisfy your reading habit, and borrowing and returning books is easy, with no delays in waiting for the post to arrive or having to send the books back via a postbox. The beauty of downloading a book is that once the download is complete, you can access the book at your leisure, as you do not need an internet connection to be able to listen to it. Plus, logging onto a Wi-Fi connection when you want to download or return books won't use up your phone's contractual data allowance. The download service is also available all year round, so you can get your next read whenever you wish from wherever you are. As long as you can connect to a Wi-Fi spot, you can download a book while standing in a queue, eating your breakfast or travelling abroad giving you total control over the books you want to listen to and the freedom to manage your reading preferences. If you want to give it a try, then please contact our membership services team on 01296 432 339 to receive your unique login and PIN. They can also send you comprehensive instructions and will be there to talk to if you need a bit of help getting started or if you encounter a problem while using it. If you discover that downloads are not for you, it's just as easy to revert back to a different format. So if you have a portable device, why not test it out? It might just give you the independence you were looking for in finding your next read. Now we move on to mentioning National Poetry Day. Denise is back to tell you more. National Poetry Day is an annual celebration of poetry to inspire people throughout the UK to enjoy, discover, write and share poems. This year, the action takes place on Thursday the 4th of October and the theme is Change. Everyone is invited to take part by organising or attending events and competitions or by just posting their favourite lines of poetry on social media using hashtag National Poetry Day. The day is supported by libraries, schools, booksellers, the BBC, the Royal Mail and the Arts Council. At Calibre, we are highlighting some of the poetry books added to the library more recently so that you can join in by listening to some of the wonderful poems on offer. Coincidentally, one of our favourite collections, The Poetry Pharmacy, is compiled by William Seacott, who founded National Poetry Day back in 1994. According to the author, the book is intended as a pharmacy of poems prescribed as a therapy for a particular state of mind and to help people through the difficulties of day-to-day -day life, such as the, quote, frustrations of love, grief and work, and all the other concerns that dominate our thoughts, unquote. We are also featuring the last collection of poetry by renowned author Helen Dunmore, who died last year. Inside the Wave, written after she had received a diagnosis of cancer, explores the theme of mortality. The collection won the Costa Book of the Year 
and the Costa Poetry Award. Two more award-winning poets are included. Derek Walcott, who won the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1992, and Alice Oswald, who has won a Forward Poetry Prize and a T.S. Eliot Prize for Poetry. On a lighter note, we have Oranges and Lemons, Rhymes from Pastimes, to evoke memories of the school playground and the nursery. You can also dip into Poetry Please, a collection of 50 of the country's best-loved poems from the BBC Radio 4 programme of the same name. Those of you who have a soft spot for animals will enjoy the work of William Cooper, the poet, hymn writer and supporter of the abolition of slavery. He was also a great animal lover, as witnessed by the number of poems about animals in this collection. Notably, Epitaph on a Hare, about his pet Jack Hare, Tiny, who may well have been the first house hare. Finally, we have a collection by the highly popular poet Wendy Cope, and a selection of poems on a theme in Word Strokes, the Poetry of Art. On National Poetry Day itself, we're inviting our supporters who have Twitter and Facebook accounts to share with us their favourite poems. Here at Calibre, we'll be sharing favourites from some of the staff and volunteers working at Calibre HQ. Here is the full list of titles mentioned, along with the catalogue numbers. Anecdotal Evidence by Wendy Cope, catalogue number 12851, Dart by Alice Oswald, catalogue number 12115, Inside the Wave by Helen Dunmore, catalogue number 12500, The Poetry Pharmacy by William Seacott, catalogue number 12720, Poetry Please, catalogue number 11616, White Egrets by Derek Walcott, catalogue number 12063. William Cooper Everyman Poetry, catalogue number 12011. And Wordstrokes, The Poetry of Art, edited by Deborah Gay, catalogue number 12799. Finally, Bob Rollett, one of our volunteer narrators, describes the items that feature in our Christmas catalogue this year. Calibre Christmas 2018 And now here is a brief description of the Christmas cards and other products available from Calibre. Calibre's Christmas collection for 2018 includes our 2019 calendar featuring an array of British wildlife, six new Christmas card designs, a limited stock of six designs of old favourites, and our popular Christmas card variety pack. We also stock our popular birthday card selection pack. Our 2019 British Wildlife Calendar features photographs of a wide selection of British animals and birds. 
It measures approximately 8.25 inches by 11.75 inches, or approximately 29.8 by 21 centimetres, giving a large print date grid with space to write short notes, such as birthday reminders and appointments. If you would like to post the calendar to someone as a gift, its size means that you will need one large letter stamp. This quality calendar is priced very competitively at £7. The images are as follows. The cover features a barn owl in a field of buttercups. January has a wonderful red fox standing in the bright sunshine of a cold winter's day. February features an otter staring into the distance, standing on rocks with front left foot aloft. March has a vibrantly coloured close-up of a blue tit perched on a branch. April features a hedgehog ensconced in greenery with flowers either side. May has a close-up of a badger standing in long grass. June features three puffins in full view on a rock and another puffin in the background. July shows a red squirrel amongst colourful summer plants. The squirrel is on a feeding table sprinkled with sunflower seeds and peanuts. August shows a male bullfinch feeding on the edge of a red garden dish. September has a young grey rabbit sitting amongst pebbles with long grass in the background. October shows a magnificent stag with full antlers. In front of the stag, autumn leaves have fallen. Sunlight falls on the grass behind him, highlighting the trees behind. November shows the face and chest of a sand-covered seal pup. December has a robin perched on a pot of sunflower seeds, with snow-covered plants around the feeding area. All of the calendar photos are shown in our website shop. Of our selection of new Christmas cards, our first card is called Fox with a magnificent red fox set against a grey sky with snowflakes falling around. The greeting inside the card is Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. This is a square card of 6 inches by 6 inches, or approximately 15 by 15 centimetres. A pack of 10 cards is priced at £3.75. Our next design is called Nativity Scene. This shows a classic illustration of the Christmas message, created in three panels, with the silhouettes of people and animals set against a dark blue sky sprinkled with stars. The main panel in the middle features Mary and Joseph around the manger, with a bright star in the background. Joseph on the left-hand side is holding a lantern. Behind him stands a cow, and behind Mary on the right stands a donkey. The panel to the right shows two wise men approaching on camels, and the panel to the left shows a shepherd approaching with his sheep. The words Christmas Wishes feature in capitals under the panels. The greeting inside the card is with best wishes for Christmas and the New Year. This card is landscape-shaped and the size is 6.75 inches by 4.75 inches, or approximately 17 by 12 centimetres. A pack of ten cards is £3.75. Next on our list is Christmas Colours. With Christmas wishes written at the top left corner, this very traditional card of a bright red candle burning behind a beautiful poinsettia flower is one of our supplier's all-time favourite cards. 
The dark background offsets the red to great effect. The greeting inside the card is Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. The card is square, measuring 4.75 inches by 4.75 inches, or approximately 12 by 12 centimetres. A pack of 10 cards is £3.50. Lucky Robin is our next card. Robins are always a favourite, and this robin is perched on a hanging horseshoe laden with snow, set against a blue background. The greeting reads with best wishes for Christmas and the New Year. The cards are square, measuring 5.5 inches by 5.5 inches, or approximately 14 by 14 centimetres. A pack of ten costs £3.75. Next to feature is our Snowy Branches card. This beautifully atmospheric card shows a wintry scene of trees heavily laden with snow. Some of the branches still show their red-orange autumn leaves, giving a nice contrast against the grey wintry sky. The words Seasons Greetings feature at the bottom right-hand side of the card. The greeting inside is With Best Wishes for Christmas and the New Year. The cards are landscape measuring 7 inches by 5 inches, or approximately 18 by 13 centimetres. A pack of 10 costs £3.75. The Toy Box is our next card. This is a 1950s-style painting set in a colourful village with the ground and rooftops covered in snow. Father Christmas stands in the doorway of a brightly lit toy shop, and three children look longingly at the shop's lovely window display. This heartwarming card also shows people doing their Christmas shopping, with sledges laden with Christmas trees and holly bushes, while the postman wheels his bicycle with a sack full of post. A little girl watches a robin feeding on the ground. The greeting inside reads, Happy Christmas. The cards are landscape measuring 6.75 inches by 4.75 inches, or approximately 17 by 12 centimetres. Ten cards cost £3.75. From our collection of six designs of old favourites which are limited in stock, the first is called Traditional Tree. The centre of the card features a lovely shaped Christmas tree decorated in red baubles with wrapped Christmas presents at the foot of the tree. To either side of the tree sit gift boxes in traditional colours of red, gold and green, adorned by holly and framed against the white background. Two red and green baubles hang in the top left-hand corner of the card. A red border lines the bottom of the card with a line of mistletoe above it. The greeting inside is with best wishes for Christmas and the New Year. The cards are 6 inches by 6 inches square, or approximately 15 by 15 centimetres, and cost £3.75 for a pack of 10. Next is Snowdrop Trio. This is a pretty design with a vertical display of three square photographic panels of delicate snowdrops. The top panel shows the snowdrops reflecting on the water in the sunlight, the middle panel shows the snowdrops situated in crisp, fresh snow, and the third shows them against a complementary green background. The words hope, happiness, peace, joy and comfort are delicately written in various parts of the panels. The words season's greetings are at the bottom of the card. The greeting inside the card is with best wishes for Christmas and the New Year. 
A pack of ten cards costs £3.75. These cards are portrait measuring 7.85 inches by 3.2 inches, or approximately 20 by 8.7 centimetres. The next design is Puppy at Red Door. This also comes in a pack of ten for £3.75. A golden puppy sits outside on a snow-covered doorstep, looking inside the open red door, which is decorated with a festive wreath. Inside is a beautiful white Christmas tree covered with baubles. Presents are underneath. A small ginger cat peeps out at the puppy from the warm scene inside. To the left side of the puppy are a snow-covered tree and shrubs, and on the right, on the doorstep, gift boxes wrapped in decorative ribbons. The greeting inside reads Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. The cards are 6 inches by 6 inches, or approximately 15 by 15 centimetres. Our second nativity design is called Nativity with Animals. The artist is Sarah Summers. It has a more contemporary style, with baby Jesus in the manger in the stable, watched closely by a rabbit, and from afar by donkeys, sheep, a cow, geese, and another rabbit. On either side of the stable are delicate trees, where in the tree on the left a dove watches the nativity scene. The star of Bethlehem is above the stable, set in a dark blue sky. A pack of ten cards cost £3.75. The cards are square, measuring 5.5 inches by 5.5 inches, or approximately 14 by 14 centimetres. The greeting reads, with best wishes for Christmas and the New Year. Christmas Carousel is our second village scene. This is a traditional scene, with pretty snow-covered cottages and a carousel in the middle of a square, with children watching others on the rides. On the left-hand side, in front of a picturesque public house, is a beautifully decorated Christmas tree, with carol singers surrounding it. A Christmas market is on the right-hand side, viewed by interested shoppers. This is in front of Harvey's Tea Room. A church stands in the background, set against a sky full of snowflakes. A pack of ten costs £3.50. The cards are landscape measuring 8.3 inches by 3.9 inches, or approximately 21 by 10 centimetres. The greeting reads, Happy Christmas. Our final card in the limited stock range is called Christmas Pud. A huge Christmas pudding sits on a holly-trimmed plate. It is wrapped in red ribbon and topped with brandy cream and holly with red berries. The background is tartan dark green, adorned with fine coils of gold foil holly. The greeting is Happy Christmas. A pack of ten cards costs £3.75. It is square, measuring six inches by six inches, or approximately 15 by 15 centimetres. Last but not least for our Christmas theme, if you like a wide choice of designs and excellent value for money for your Christmas cards, then our variety pack could be just what you're looking for. The pack features 15 Christmas cards of at least eight different designs. It is priced at £5. As packs have different mixtures of cards, it is not possible to describe the exact selection you might receive. The greetings inside the cards will vary. We also stock a versatile pack of birthday cards, which is always popular.
These excellent value packs are very handy to keep in stock and contain a mix of images suitable to send to male or female friends and relatives. Inside each card the greeting is Happy Birthday. This pack of ten individual cards is just £3.75 and each measure 4 inches by 6 inches or approximately 11 by 15.5 centimetres. We have five photographic images, a thatched cottage in a sunny garden of red and yellow tulips and colourful shrubs, a wooded path during autumn. The path is covered with red autumn leaves and lined by trees adorned with beautifully coloured leaves of yellow, orange, red and green. A puffing steam train on a sunny day in the countryside. A large bunch of lavender lying on a pale blue wooded floor and a bunch of sunflowers in a rustic jug with cherries sprinkled below. Our other five images include shiny red, green, blue and yellow balloons with Happy Birthday adorning three of the balloons, a painting of poppies in a large field of yellow wildflowers, a painting of sailing boats with the sunset reflecting off the water, a peaceful-looking country path lined with red and yellow wildflowers and green bushes where butterflies hover, a wooden fence and trees feature in the background, and finally a colourful drawing of flowers on long stalks with the heading on the front, just to say. I hope that you've been inspired by our collection. Ordering our cards is very straightforward. All UK orders carry a postage and packing charge of just £3.50. The charge for overseas orders is £7. You can place your order by calling us on a weekday on 01296 432 339 between 9am and 5pm and making payment with your debit or credit card. If you have received our catalogue by post, you will also have received an order form which can be completed and returned to us with your cheque or card payment. A free post envelope has been included with your catalogue to make this easier for you. We also offer you online shopping via our website www.caliber.org.uk. All the designs are featured with an image for each. To make sure your delivery reaches you in plenty of time for you to write and send your cards, we suggest you ensure we receive your order by Monday the 3rd of December. Happy shopping! That concludes this edition of the Calibre Echo. But just before we go, we just want to give you a couple of reminders due to recent inquiries from members. If you've recently joined Calibre as a new member, you will receive one book to begin with, and once you have listened to and returned this, you will then automatically have your allocation increased to three books in whatever format you have chosen. The reason we only send one book out to start with is to make sure you are happy with how the process works and that we have the right address details for you. This means on first joining, you will be without a book for a brief period when you send the book back the first time. After that, you should not be without a book. If you find three books are not enough, you can call our membership services team, who will increase this for you, as you can have up to five USB memory sticks or eight MP3 CDs. 
Lastly, please be aware that during peak holiday periods such as Easter, Christmas or bank holidays, the Royal Mail deliveries may be slower, so there may be slight delays in the books being delivered to you. However, if you have been waiting a while and haven't received your next book, then please call our membership services team to let them know. If you have any comments on the items featured, please contact Emma Scott at Calibre on 01296 432339 or email her at emma.scott Goodbye for now from all of us here and could I remind you to return this recording to Calibre for other members to borrow. The Calibre Echo was recorded and edited by Alex Martinig. The music was provided with kind permission from Josh Woodward. You can find more of his work on his website www.joshwoodward.com. <laughs> <laughs>